0: Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show. Nine years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now
1: your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt, co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedendorsky. So listen, guys, I went this week I went to uh, the Kent County Lincoln Day Dinner had about 600 folks there in attendance. One of the speakers was uh, U.S. Senator Dan Sullivan, who's the senator from Alaska. And a great speaker, I have, to, I have to say. But listen, during the course of his speech, he got me going down memory lane, probably by accident. But he referenced a quote from somebody I hold in high regard. So I get to offer this. Miles, you're a cheater here. You'll probably recognize it immediately. Yeah. But I ask, who said these words? First, we must overcome something the present administration has cooked up, a new and altogether indigestible economic stew. One part inflation, one part high unemployment, one part recession, one part runaway taxes, one-party uh, deficit spending, and seasoned by an energy crisis. It's an economic stew that has turned the national national stomach. So Ludwig, who do you think said that? Reagan. Reagan did say that. Do you know when and where?
0: Uh, I don't know where, but I would say it's probably during his first presidential run.
1: Well, it was it was at the the national convention 76. in Detroit, Michigan, in 1980, 80. and he was talking about Jimmy Carter. Yeah. And listen, I'll have a little bit of pushback from Facebook where it says, "Well, we don't have high unemployment." Now, I cool. Miles, you you can help me through this one, Miles Bauer, because I submit the opposite. I think we do have very high employment. Our federal government doesn't count folks that have given up looking. Oh, Mike! Everyone's wanting a for everyone's got it for hire. They do for entry-level positions. That's just the facts of it. They do for entry-level positions. So they don't count a large swath of people, nor do they count underemployment. So if you're a person that used to have a career job, and now you've got an entry-level position because you still gotta pay your four fifty per gallon of gasoline, we're back to the highest it has ever been in the history of our country, gasoline, that is. So when I read this, Miles Bauer, if you and I didn't recognize right away that that was President Ronald Reagan, at the point that point in time, nominee Reagan, we could have easily convinced other folks that this was somebody just saying this now about Biden. Is that true? Well, yeah, but we remember
2: at the beginning of... Um his administration, I think we were saying on this show that the 1970s, early 1980s called and they'd like to get their economy back.
1: Yeah, and they got it back. Yeah. And, and just it's it was so stark when Senator Sullivan was talking about then and now because they're, they're bookends. And listen, I'll go you a step further. I think Jimmy Carter and Biden share foundation ideologies. But I will submit to you one of the differences between the two is that Jimmy Carter was an honest guy. I don't agree with him. I didn't like his ideology. But I don't think he was an absolute thief and a plagiarer. And I I think the old cliche about Biden will climb a tree to tell a lie when standing on the ground to tell the truth actually sounds better. I think he has got a diagnosable problem with the truth. Uh, am I overstepping it? One of the two of you help me out. No, I mean, you know, I, I think I said
2: several months back here that, it, even though it was misguided, Carter was at least trying to dig us out of the sewer. Agreed. Where I, I don't, I don't see anybody in this administration
1: concerned about the situation we're in. No, but, look, but listen, hang on, hang on a second, Ludd, because i got to touch on what he just said. One of the foundation blocks that served a negative for both administrations was Jimmy Carter had an energy crisis. That's not something he created. Here's where I'm going to get people throwing tomatoes at me. I passionately believe that the Biden administration has purposefully created this energy crisis absolutely purposely created it and so jimmy carter was wrestling trying to cure a problem that wasn't it wasn't his by design biden is not trying to cure a problem that he doesn't recognize as a problem that he designed well the problem's
0: created <clears throat> is green energy good should we get to there yeah no, we should get to there we're eventually going to run out of oil eventually sometime in history you're going to run out of oil just inevitable it's it's not a renewable energy there's no such thing as renewable energy by the way once you burn it it's burnt but are we able to do it today no you can't go from what 100,000 gas stations to 100,000 electric stations overnight you can't do it so by just ending the idea that we're going to stop using fossil fuels today and just go this direction It's going to kill the economy. It's just that simple. We can't do it. We do it in nothing else. We don't just say, you know what, education sucks. Let's try this.
1: There's more natural, there's more crude oil leaked into the oceans nationally on any single day than what mankind has burnt in the last 150 years. That's a fact. So when they say, when you say someday we're going to run out, okay, but it isn't going to be right, right, real soon ever. No. And that, by the way, that whole premise assumes that fossils are not continuously. I mean, the whole thing is just mind numbing. And I'm part of what you'd say I would agree with. I'm about alternative fuels, not because I like alternative. I think that's a, a red herring word being used. But I'm with Sarah Palin on this. Let's do all of the above. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do wind. Let's do solar. Let's do all of it. I'm not a big. Lithium battery guy, by the way, I have a big environmental issue with what we're doing to power these, the 1% of our vehicles. That is just a terrible answer. Both how we get to it and what we do when it's spent is just an environmental train wreck. And it's powered by coal. So and, ga- and gas. Let's just, let's just use coal and gas then. Yeah. I I, I don't know. Listen, I didn't want to make the show about, about energy, but... That's, that's what he's used to, to guide this. So now you've got—I <laughs> I, I don't want to skip ahead, but I can't help myself. So you, you've got Saudi Arabia telling us we're going to dial back your order supply. And the, the common-sense answer would be for Biden to look back to America, which could be, again, quickly, the biggest um, energy producer in the world— He's not doing that. He's out begging third world dictators for more oil. I try to get my, uh, Miles, coach me on this. How does that make sense to not look to the United States, but to look to people that hate us, that murder by trade? How does that make sense to anybody? I think it's
2: a sleight of hand to keep the far left at
1: bay. Yeah. Is does that assume the far left is stupid? So if I burn oil from oil that was drilled in South Dakota, somehow that's better for the global environment than if that was built, drilled, and refined in 1950s technology in some third world country operated by a dictator? I listen. It doesn't make any sense. It's just absolutely crazy, ludicrous.
0: California does the same thing, though. They buy no, all their electricity I, from I Nevada my case. and Arizona yeah. and the neighboring states, so that they don't produce it. As if polluting those states doesn't have the same pollution effect as doing it in California.
1: It makes no sense to me. Uh, zero sense. It just it's it's it's, and they're already warning everybody we're going to have brownouts through the winter time. Uh, by the way, especially in the United Kingdom, they're going to have brownouts, uh, actually scheduled brownouts. You go, Wade, we don't have to do that. Why are we, how does that make sense to anybody? I don't know. Listen, when we come back from break, let's go to North Korea. Folks, stay with us, and we will be right back. All right, guys, so here's what I was getting at right when we went to break. When I look at the Biden administration, domestically, it's been an absolute train wreck. Energy, all of the things that we listed, frankly, all of the things that Ronald Reagan cited about Jimmy Carter, like I opened it with. But the part that's not getting a lot of talk, and we need to do that, uh, is, is the Biden administration's impact on a geopolitical level because folks we've got we've got some significant problems coming our way as a result of his approach his ideology on the world stage so the very first thing i'm reading north korea flies 12 warplanes near south korean border prompting air force scramble uh, kim jong un ordered a pair of ballistic missile launches early tuesday I said, holy smokes, we're a long way from the leaders, him and Trump, for instance, having a meeting and shaking hands. How do we get from there to back to where everyone's pretending it's 1960 again in Korea? Miles, what say you? Is this this a plan or is it the result of a lack of plan? I, this is
2: strictly theory,
1: but I am wondering
2: how many people around the world are starting to pick up on Biden's
1: capabilities or in, inabilities. Yeah. We we know this, we know Kim Jong Un gets it. We know that by what he's doing now. We we know that Vlad Putin gets it by what he's doing cuz he he did the Crimea thing when Obama was in office. He's doing the Ukrainian thing with with uh, Biden in office, I, I, the, and, and he's being vastly more aggressive, you know, hinting at nuclear, nuclear, limited nuclear assaults. Uh, Miles, to your, to your question, most of the bad actors on the world stage see blood in the water, and it's our blood. Is that an overstatement? Lud? what do you think?
0: Well, no, I think this is dead on. No, nothing like this happened for four years. Happened before, after it, but not during it. So, obviously, there's a, there's a correlation there. What was also fearsome was, throughout this, is the U.N. Security Council did not vote in favor of sanctioning North Korea based on this because the Russians and the Chinese both voted no. And their reasoning was, it was our fault. We instigated these incidents by us having war games with South Korea. Right. So... They're using our actions, which aren't unheard of. A lot of countries do war games together, as the purpose for these actions. And that justified it. I think that they definitely see there's a vacuum there of no one in charge or who's in charge because it's not the United States right now.
1: Listen, even, even if they think Biden's in charge, I don't know who that, but I, by the way, folks, I don't know the answer of who's in charge. So if you're Kim Jong-un, you definitely don't know who the heck is really in charge. But the one thing you do know about whoever is actually in charge is that they do not have the best interests of America at heart. There's no question that that is not the the way Joe Biden or whomever is thinking about this. This is not America first. And I don't want to get into the Trump versus the Biden thing. I don't want to get lost in that, and that would. But you, you got to look at what Biden is doing and what the reaction is on the world stage to know that they know that he's not on the side of the country he's the president of. Is, Miles, am I making a fair statement? What say you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think
2: the, these guys have always followed the globalist agenda, We've simply gone gone back to it. We had a vacation from it for about four years with, with uh, Trump. And now we're just heading back in to the same ideas that we were wrestling with during o- Obama's two terms.
0: So I got a question for you. Let's say North Korea bombs Seoul. Do we get involved? Should we be involved? Do you think we should be involved?
1: I, listen, I wouldn't have been involved in the first place. During the Korean War, I don't, I don't believe the United States has a business in police actions. However, we entered into an agreement with them. And so if our word isn't worth anything, then that's how the world should treat us. And I guess my answer to you with that is that we've made ourselves partners with South Korea, and we need to honor our word.
0: So what if China debombed Taiwan? Should we go to war with
1: China? Listen, we're going to find that out, I think.
0: I do, too. And that's the question I know a lot of times, especially you guys, will say, not an It's not our problem. But I agree with what you just said was we made an agreement, like Ukraine. We said get rid of your nuclear arsenal, get rid of your weapons, we'll protect you. And we have not. Right. Sending them aid is not protection. Sending them protection is – sending our forces, unfortunately, is protection. Yeah. So if we weren't willing to do it in Ukraine, what makes us think we'd be willing to do it in South Korea or
2: Taiwan?
1: Listen, Miles, what say you on that topic? I would say
2: that South Korea is a little bit different concept in that we get a lot of our technology-related devices.
0: That was my whole point, uh, Miles. If it comes down to our economic interests, not national security, we get involved. That was what I was waiting for. Okay. Because if Ukraine doesn't have a big economic impact on it, we let it drown. All of a sudden, South Korea, which Seoul is a major major market now, we're going to get involved because it's economics. It's not national security.
1: Listen, we've given billions upon billions of dollars to Ukraine. Yeah, I've on this on this show since that drama started. I push back on that, yep. and it's not that I am not on either side. By the way, it's that it's what I've said very very consistently. They've been fighting that war for several hundred years. Mm -hmm. And at a time in the United States when we're absolutely stone broke as a nation, the idea that we're borrowing to give away billions to a war that our treasury, nor the life of our citizens, will change. It's not going to... If we all of a sudden got involved in it, it's not going to be, holy smokes, there will never be another war here because America got involved. No, folks hundreds of years they've been at war and i it's i'm not i'm not in a big hurry to give life or treasury to a to a several hundred year war that frankly cannot be solved it will never be solved period miles are we on the same page with this or you see it differently oh yeah no i i uh, agree the first
2: problem is who are we going to consider the good guy right because if you think about it, they're
1: both corrupt. Absolutely. When I said that when I said that on this show at the very beginning of it when Russia was going in, and I said I can't tell the scorekeepers from the players, to me they're both criminal, they're both violent, they're they're I oh wow, you should have seen the nasty grams I got.
0: Yeah, we were talking about Zelensky being an enemy and then all of a sudden now he's our friend. He's our buddy. And that's what we saw in Syria, right?
1: And we given him we've given him <laughs> billions yeah. with no accountability for where it's going by the way. No. We really don't have a clue where the actual cash is going. Well, listen, when I start backing up the billions, you just take 1 billion and add up how many, I've said this before, add up how many US citizens had to contribute their entire annual tax just for that one billion, and we're many billions into into a gift that we don't know where it's going, and we're giving it to a country that would cut our throat if there was any money in it for them. Yeah. Well, that to me is buffoonery in the in the extreme. Listen, before we're almost up against a hard break. So I'll leave you guys with this thought: Biden staffers embrace Biden's latest uh, hot mic comment, where he said no, I can't say the word, with a Biden, no one's messing. <laughs> and you, and they are backing it up. Well, I said that I was talking to my sister, Brenda, who's been on the show before, on the way here today, and she's going, I don't think that was a hot mic accident. No. What do you mean? She's. I think it was planned. I think that was, this is her belief. She thinks that they do those kind of things, the Biden administration, purposely to push back on whoever on the world stage or domestically is in is opposition to him. Listen, we're down to seconds, but when we come back, guys, tell me an answer. Do you think it was a hot mic accident or was it strategic, Folks, we'll be right back. Listen, folks, if you're just tuning in, I am Mike Hewitt, co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. Listen, before we jump into the big question about Biden's intent, let me remind you or let me ask you, um, do me a favor. If you've got questions, comments, uh, don't agree with us, agree with us. Send me a note, mike at themikehewittshow.com. I respond to all of them. I enjoy getting them. At least every episode, we mentioned one of them. Um, so please feel that you can participate. Mike at the Mike Hewitt Show. Did you dot com. Did you
0: upgrade upgrade the email space storage I had space? Because I know with all my fan mail coming in about how that, often I'm writing. That
1: that oh, <laughs> that one a year did not affect us. I'm just <laughs> telling you. I think and, I, and I think that was you from a blind account. Somewhere. I think
0: you're giving out the wrong email address to these people then. <laughs>
1: Miles, do you think Biden did that as a strategy?
2: No. I. Uh, you think he's just an I'm idiot? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with hot mic. Thinking back to, it was right at the beginning of Shrub's first term. <laughs> Ch- 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 Cheney's talking to him. And I think they were pointing to a re- reporter and Cheney whispered, He's a dumb sob, but he didn't say sob. Yeah,
1: yeah, and so, you know when I was discussing this with Brenda, the first thing that I thought of was President Obama announcing that Obamacare had become become law, and Joe Biden was standing near him, and he said, "This is a big blank deal," and that was hot mic. So it, I don't see him as being a strategist whatsoever. That's not to say he doesn't have strategists as part of the administration that I simply disagree with, but I think he's a buffoon. I think he's a dishonest buffoon, but I don't see him in some long, long stretched out strategy to use profanity to demonstrate authority to anybody. True story or no?
2: That yeah, that that's uh, certainly what it what I think, lewd.
0: I think it was just on top of mind.
1: On top oh, of yeah. mind. On top very, of mind. Very-
0: that's the key yeah. word on top of mind.
1: Putin and the Prince. Um, this is an article from theguardian.com. Putin and the Prince: Fears in West as Russia and Saudi Arabia deepen ties. While at the same time, I mentioned early on today that the the Prince has turned off. Uh, how much was that? Some significant number of of, of oil. We'll look it up before the show's up. Um, but they're they're ratcheting down our supply while making buddy-buddy with Vladimir Putin. I think, by the way, that they're doing that because they fear our lack of leadership. I sit down and I try to think, what what, what does the prince get out of this? Um, and I think he, he fears being on the wrong side of a geopolitical problem and sees our leadership as being very defective.
0: Two billion a day, it's about 2% of the world's global...
1: Is what they're ratcheting down. Two million, million
0: barrels per day... It's equal to about 2% of the global supply.
1: Yeah, and, and that's going to help Russia, by mm-hmm. the way. It directly, it's designed to help Russia, but but it also is a result of the prince saying, I need to get underneath somebody's umbrella, and we don't, America, we don't trust your umbrella.
0: Well, listen, I'm fine. Let's get out of Saudi. Let's see how fast that kingdom's overran by every other neighboring nation. They're, the only reason they exist is, and, because, of is us. because of us. The moment we pull out and say, good luck, Every neighboring nation is going to overrun that kingdom. We can
1: only do that if we employ common sense to our own energy needs.
0: Well, yeah, but, well,
1: That's the only way we can do it. We can do
0: that, but it wouldn't be too much for them to hastily just remove everything overnight. They've done that once already in the Middle East.
1: Miles, are you still one of the guys that do not believe the 2020 election results? Right, exactly. Just, I'm asking because... I'm reading an item from folks from our our notes for the show today. Funny coincidence, 2020 U.S. Census errors appear to quietly favor Democrats most. Um, That's from AmericanWireNews.com. I did a little bit of late research on it just to make sure that that was not an overstatement on the part of American Wire News. What I found is, and I'm using a rough number, but roughly 800,000 um, miscount in terms of v- voters. And you think, well, the 331 million, that's not a big math, but the coincidence of it is that it grew Democrat representation vastly more than it did Republican representation. And listen, i'm I'm not a conspiratorialist, but that's not an accident. It's just not possible that you accidentally missed, 800,000 people, and you put them in districts that that made purple all of a sudden blue, and in a couple cases, red became blue. It goes to representation. That's why we do the census. And sigh, am I overreaching on this, Miles
2: Bauer? No, you know, the thing that I thought was interesting about the article was they were talking about not only overcounts, but undercounts. Right. And... It's it's funny how the undercounts occurred in a bunch of red states, and it, I think they cited in in the article the error that was made in Minnesota allowed Minnesota to retain
1: all of its existing seats in the House. Right. That's exactly right, and which, which goes to Democrats. And right. I, I, I listen. It's there's you can't read this, and and. And believe anything except for it was manipulation rather than error. So they call it a funny coincidence, which I thought was a sadly funny title. But it's my opinion that if we don't, if our elected officials, so, because a lot of grassroots on both sides of the divide are angry with elected officials for all kinds of reasons. I agree with some of the reasons, some of them not so much. But to me, the real problem, the actual problem, is that the elected officials are not drawing the, uh, the power back from the bureaucracy. Our bureaucracy is absolutely off the hook. You see it at the Department of Justice. You see it within the halls of the FBI. You see it with the folks that are ahead of the U.S. Census count. The, the bureaucracy is off the hook. Miles, is that an overstatement? No, not at all. So I look to our elected officials, Congress, and think, wait a minute, you guys wanted to avoid all these hot topic issues, and so you've given the bureaucracy so much authority, so much power, it is entirely opposite, the antithesis of the system of government we inherited. It's crazy, so I think if you can't reel in the bureaucracy, then... The, the 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 folks that vote need to reel you in by throwing you out. I, I just, I absolutely entirely believe that. If you can't reel in these uh, perpetual lifetime career bureaucrats that are actually the people steering the ship, we'll find somebody that can. It's okay. But I think we desperately need to make November a change of guard. Because who's in charge now? Wants to empower the bureaucracy that way. Even if they're not in office, they get the ideology. They get the results they want. Even if they lose office, it's insane that as a people, we're not correcting this. By correcting it, I'm talking about the the, the voting booth. Lud, what do you think?
0: They don't get it. They have no idea.
1: How do you think? I'm that?
0: in the classroom with these kids that are coming out of high school. They have no idea. Yep. <clears throat> that the epa and the usda and all these other agencies aren't in the constitution they don't realize that they're bureaucratic garbage they don't get it they don't understand where it came from they think they're voting for that stuff when they're voting their congressperson as if congress has oversight over it
1: listen the, the, the congress especially the house has been so pigeonholed that you think you think my congressional representative is wonderful but that person goes and sits and works on one little dinky teeny-weeny part of the equation so when you're thinking how can my person be wonderful but the ship is sinking folks it's because the bureaucracy is who's steering the ship and they're hitting everything on the way down the, they're, they're just they're, they're on a collision course with with what their agenda is not with what your agenda is i think it's a it's a crisis in the making that's getting closer Every day, folks, stay with us and we'll be right back. All right. So during break, folks, I got Ludwig talking about his his uh, Musk. Tell me. Tell us about Musk.
0: So Elon is going through with the Twitter deal in its original form. And the employees are going nuts because this is going to take place before the midterms. And he came out and said there are going to be changes with how it's operated. That essentially is going to be an open and free platform. And they are freaking out that this is happening before the midterms.
1: You know what's funny about that? My very first thought, folks, it was during break, but when Ludd started telling Miles and I about this, um, my very first thought was our judiciary. And the reason I thought that is that when I look at the media – when I look at the judiciary, I shouldn't be able to figure out what your ideology is. I don't want a judge up there that's classical liberal. I don't want a judge that's conservative, progressive, socialist. I don't, I don't want to know the judge's ideology. I want that judge to follow the rule of law and, and with the guidance from the Constitution, period. Mm-hmm. I don't want the judge to rule on what the judge agrees with politically. I want the judge to rule on law. When I look at organizations like Twitter, the Detroit Snooze, the Los Angeles Times, etc., I don't want to know what their ideology is. Just tell me the news. I'll interpret it the way I want to interpret it. Um, I, I, Jesus, I, I find myself in a debate a lot with, with, a, with a particular nationally recognized um, ink slinger, is what I call him as a newspaper writer, um, on this topic because he believes he's not He's not um, biased. I said, "You ever look at what you have on Twitter? It goes on for year after year of just hard left. How did that happen? I don't know, Miles. What do you, What do you think on the uh, Musk thing? Is that good or bad?" Oh, I think it'll it'll uh, be good. Yeah. If they come out unbiasedly, I don't want them just to put Mike Hewitts. This is Mike's opinion. I don't. And I don't want them to say, you know, this is somebody else's. I, just the facts, and let folks have let folks have an equal say in the arena of ideas. That's what made us. Um, that's what made America what it is. Is is folks every ever striving perpetually striving to get to equal footing. An opportunity.
0: Well, I think that's part of the problem with social media is they they classify things as misinformation. Well, my opinion isn't misinformation; it's my opinion. Right. And so, if I think that the sky is actually clear, right? Because scientifically, it is right. The blue is from the the light and all. And I go around telling me it's clear, and they're like, "No, that's false. You know, misinformation. It's blue." Well, well, my opinion is it's kind of white today. Yeah. It's a white sky. It's a beautiful white sky. The way Jared loves it. And it's dark, gloomy, and, and it's a great day. Well, Jerry, that's misinformation. It's an awful day. It's right. 72 and sunny is the best day.
1: Well, listen, you can I don't use, tag his posts as misinformation. You can use COVID as an example because for the better part of 18 months, they flagged everything that disagreed with CDC as misinformation because they bought into that. Now we've got ample proof that much of what they blocked was actually true. And but they're not coming back. Going oh, jeepers, we should put your stuff back up because we were wrong. By the way, we apologize. They're not doing any of that. They're they're doubling down. Mm-hmm. Is what they're doing. Listen, before we run out of time, there's a topic I've got to get to. I don't want to say that I've avoided it, but it's it's. I'm watching the the transgender child issue, and listen, I have some really grand size concerns over it so miles you and i've known each other since we were kids and right. and I, I you can speak for yourself but for me there are some things that i thought when i was 15 years old 14 13 12 when i was a teenager that i sure as the heck am glad did not get enshrined in my life forever an, a forever altering thing. One of my daughters loved white, uh, oh, one of those 1960s knee-high boots, and wore white, white lipstick, white. Uh, and you're going, man, that's ugly. I'm sure I'm glad you're going to grow out of that. And that's how I thought. And there were things that I wouldn't want. Miles, there are probably things that you're glad did not become a life cycle for you. Something that. You made Brand. a decision on it at 13, and now it's the rest of your life no matter what you think. Right. I, I listen, the human brain, folks, we've talked about this at Laitem. The human brain goes through a shift between 12 and 13. It doesn't It doesn't complete its progress until you're about age 25. They say that most men don't find their brain fully developed until nearing 30. And so I say, wait a minute. Do we really want 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds to make life impact decisions that will forever affect their health and everything about themselves. Is that really, really, really where, other than the billions of dollars that a very little bit of the medical industry is enjoying, when I set that when I set that out on the table and I try to understand what people are thinking, Miles, I'm gonna go to you first because we're both old enough to have lived it and we both have adult children now. So right. when when I look at it through that prism, I see it as child abuse. I know that that gets some folks angered with me, but when I if you if you let your boy do self mutilation when he was eight, Miles, you and I had an argument because I have said right. that that's absolutely wrong. I don't care what your eight year old said. That's wrong. Right? Am I am I am I not being tolerant? Am I being? You know, mean right-wing, evil, small-minded.
2: Well, so so do, doesn't this go back to the definition of what occurs
1: to your legal status when you turn 18? Right. That's when you make your own decisions. Right. And so I had a daughter. In fact, it was the one wearing the, the knee-high white, white boots and white lipstick. I mean, I'm I'm talking about paper white, 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 snow white. She wanted to get a tattoo. I said, when you turn 18 and you're no longer here, I don't care if you get a blank tattooed on your forehead. But until that day happens, it ain't happening.
0: Is this your daughter, right?
1: Uh Uh-huh. I've got four.
0: Yeah, one of them has an entire sleeve. You don't know it.
1: No, but did you hear the story on that? (laughs) I'm floating around in my pool, and eldest daughter, number one heiress to the throne, she comes walking out in her bathing suit because she knows I am not a big tattoo fan. Folks, you got to understand, Ludwig has got tattoos from stem to stern. I am not a tattoo fan. So I look up as my daughter is walking out with her son and, and her husband, and she's got a big tattoo on her belly. And she's trying to goat me. She's trying to get me. Well, as it turns out, a little bit of time in the pool and the tattoo's gone. But she was cranking me. at a field day to it. I did good. I floated around on my noodle. I didn't say a word I was so proud of myself. (laughs) Yeah, right. I did. It's a true story. You
0: must have went in the house and screamed the roof off and then came back out. No, I,
1: I, jeepers, she's 40 years old now. So if she wants to be a moron, I, I, okay. Yes, I'm calling you a moron. Miles, I wish you could see his face because he's going, wait, I think he just called me a moron.
0: No, I didn't think, I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting right here. I'm not like Miles. We call him a moron. He's in
1: Chicago. What's he going to (laughs) do? I'm sitting here. He hasn't done anything to get that name. You did. He was your friend. It's a lifetime. I know. That's... That makes him a genius.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> you're like a Democrat changing the definition of <laughs> words, apparently.
1: <laughs> Miles, I, I do. I think it's, I think, am I overstating it when I say it's child abuse? No, I think you're uh, spot on. Because, you, you, you know, you you both, uh, Ludd, by the way, folks, Ludd and I teach each other. We know he's. We tease each other. I know he's not a moron just because he looks like one. I was going to say, so, What well, am I an idiot? <laughs> Jared, I, uh, what was that? Did you see
0: Jared cock his head of the road when I said, What well, am I an idiot? He's like, Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> see, Jared is a truth teller. I, I mean, thought he was on my side. I know he's on the side of truth. I know, see? that's why I thought he was
0: on my side.
1: <laughs> hey, folks, you got to see his face. He's going, Please don't draw me into that. <laughs> Anyhow, I, I think it's, and I know I'm going to get some nasty grams. Mike at TheMikeHewittShow.com. I believe it's child abuse. But I look to the medical industry. By the way, I was born with a heart defect. I got. I don't, when I look at the medical industry, I wrestle with this because they've saved my life countless times. But then I pause and I say, listen, some of you guys, not all of you, some of you, you're harming children. And when they get adult and they're dealing with the repercussions of changing themselves, their innards and their outards and the if, Folks, this is a life negative change. I defy you. Give me an example of anyone 10 years after the transformation, the medical transformation, that says, gee, golly, I'm glad I did that. And you're letting eight-year-old make a decision in your office? Doctor, shame on you. That's what I'm saying. Miles, we're down to 30 seconds. Use up 10 of them. Tell me what you think. I think that... um... Lude still
2: likes his little buddy. He does. You still got that little doll?
0: I never have one.
1: Ah, uh, <laughs> my brother, <laughs> brother had one. Your brother told us all about it. We we get it. It's okay. Folks, last time, Mike at the Mike Hewitt send me an email. Thank you very, very much for dialing in. Look forward to seeing you next week. Please be safe. <laughs>